Hi and hello again, this is Norman Go. You are listening to our next episode of BMI Bicara Minggu Ini Diving deep into current affairs, politics and anything spicy But stories sometimes we have a difficult time to digest And yes, you do know what spicy food does with your tummy I mean, if you go for a malat pot and that's what happened, you know what happens in the toilet. But we, we don't want to go too much details on that. But in this episode, my next guest is no stranger to Malaysian political commentary. And many of us have read his analysis and observations over the years. And some say it has been more than a decade. That's pretty long, right? And he's a Harvard College graduate, has worked with many illustrious figures in the political arena, has published several books over the years, including Political Tsunami and End to Hegemony in Malaysia, and Where is Justice, Death and Brutality in Custody. Now, talking about death in custody, we've seen what happened over the past week. And I've known Nathaniel Tan when we were both in Malaysia, Kini, and I've been a fan of his work. So, someone I will go to for advice from time to time. So welcome to Bicara Ringu ini, Nat. Thanks very much, Norman. It's yeah. honor to be here. Yeah, you know, Nat, this is my 22nd episode already. <laughs> I started the show since June 15. And uh, that's an average of about two to three episodes I produce over the week. So, Nat, how have you been over the past few months during MCO? And we are 20, away, 20 days away before the end of our MCO on 31st August. Well, it's been an interesting, different experience for sure. There's nothing, I mean, nobody's ever experienced anything like this before. So it's been an adjustment, but I think we've seen some of the worst of that Malaysia has to offer, but we've also seen some of the best that Malaysia has to offer like, in terms of how we've responded to the crisis, how we've come together to help one another, or kita jaga kita, that kind of thing. It's been good. Yeah, I mean, we've been uh, quite a model to many countries. Um, mm. Uh, YouTubers come out with contents praising Malaysia and Malaysians arguing with each other over it. Yeah. So I mean, you know, some of you out there may not know, Nat is no stranger to the police. <laughs> so uh, we'll just dig back what what uh, what happened to Nat. You know, he was infamously detained in 2007. Uh, they got many politicians and activists speaking out in defense of Nathaniel when he was detained uh, by the police over his blog. Um, he was investigated of for potential uh, violation of Section 8 of the OSA Official Secrets Act. Uh, in his blog, he wrote about alleged uh, corruption um, by the Deputy Internal Security Home, Min- Home Affairs Minister Johari Baharum. So he, he later said that he instructed the police to investigate the lies published on the internet. So looking back at that, that over the past 10, maybe 20 years, what has changed in Malaysia? You have witnessed the rise and fall of Pakatan Rakyat, or even earlier, Barisan Alternative. You know, mm-hmm. I think some of the millennials may not heard about it. <laughs> and then the short-lived Pakatan Harapan at the federal power for 22 months. Then Barisan, uh, and also Barisan National's fall from grace. And now, we have Perikatan National. So what's one thing that you see and remain constant after all these years? Wow, it's uh, yeah, it's been a long, long journey for sure. Um, you know, and all this time for about 15 years or so for me, I've been trying to try and you know really understand what's going on, understand who is doing what and why, who is doing what. You know, these kind of things. Um, I think uh, you know, people often there's a very common cynical saying that you know politicians are all the same. Politics is always the same. You know, I mean, I, I I think it's it's a little bit more nuanced than that, but at the same time, um, you know, I think now, especially in this last, you know, in the last year or so, you know, we've really come to, we've had a lot more opportunity to reflect on exactly what is common, uh, mm. 
mm. between uh, you know in political culture on both sides of the aisle that kind of thing you know i think i think that the last few years especially have shown that there is a culture of uh, feudalism of patronage you know um, that that really predominates how politics is done in malaysia and i think i think it's been it's been you know malaysia is home to so many things that we can be proud of you know malaysians are very uh, innovative entrepreneurial kind of people who who've done you know who who really push the envelope uh, in good ways in many ways you know but i think in terms of politics we uh, we haven't been innovating in good ways like we've been mostly stuck to always and it's been very difficult to break out of the mold and try and do different things uh, i think you know looking at what is happening we we had high hopes when um election was held in 2018 you know new things are going to come from malaysia but of course we, we were also talking about you know it's so easy to fall back into the old ways because people are comfortable with the old habits and old habits die hard and in your one of your recent commentary in the star and you wrote more and more elections especially with endless polarization and mudslinging elections and political campaigns and we currently know them is they are not the answer so only new democratic movement that has completely broken away from all politics can innovate and pioneer new incentive structures so but currently we are stuck at that no no we have and we have to admit that we still have leaders thinking that race based politics is still relevant and because of realities we have heard this many many times so how do we break away from the old politics yeah i mean um, this i could really is become my the the topic i've nearly obsessed with like i i really spend a lot of time thinking about this and you know because it's a real opportunity i think i think i think i think there is starting to be a groundswell of 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 sentiment that there is something wrong uh, that there is a old system that's not working for us i mean just briefly since you mentioned you know the 2018 elections and we you know the time when everyone is excited and you know but basically one year one and a half years in we really start to see that You know, it's like it's like a play, right, or a movie where you know what happened is that we, ch- we the actors swap roles, but the script kind of remain the same. You know, it's very interesting. I mean, it's kind of odd. Like, I mean, I no in no no offense to my friends <laughs> in these parties, right? But you know, you see DAP people starting to make comments similar to the type of comments that MCA would make. Yeah. And now it's the same. Like you know, when Pass is in government, right? You know, before, when passes in opposition, they say very firebrand things. And now, when they're government, they say, "Oh, now we're in government." They, they say it point blank. You know, they tell you, "Now they're in government, we have to talk like this." So it's really strange and funny. It's like it's your your behavior is not determined by your principles or your values, but it's just depending on which side of the aisle you're standing on. You know, and the power you hold. Yes, exactly. I remember. I remember. There's one time when Pakatan Harapan was in power, they were you know they were giving out comments saying that the press is. You know, uh, you're you're misquoting, and and we hear that many times. Yeah, and sounds familiar, right? Very, very familiar. <laughs> and then um, asking people to you should be investigated. I mean, we'll come to press freedom, but breaking away from all politics, and we also seen the resurgence of young people coming up. Yeah. We have the Liga Democratic, and we have Challenger. We have young people coming up to say that that's it. We don't want this sort of toxic politics, like a vicious cycle going on in the country. How do you look at it? What do you say about you know this and and young people coming out from um, it's not coming out from slumber. They are becoming even vocal even since the old days. Yeah. But what do you say about that? I mean, uh, you know, I, I think I think it's an exciting time. You know, of course, it's refreshing to see so many young people uh, be interested in this and and be willing to try and shake things up. You know, um, I think of course, you know, 
we don't of course we don't mbuta tuli lah you know um, and and we don't we shouldn't think of any particular answer as a silver bullet kind of situ- uh, solution okay. kind of thing mm-hmm. i mean i think i think the most important thing for people who really want to make change whether you're young or old or in between is to really understand what was wrong with the old system lah before you you know and and, and the mo- the the other thing that i really spend a lot of time thinking about right is how to avoid the mistakes of the past You know, I mean, anybody can start up a new party. You know, you can start up a party full of only teenagers or you know, only twenty-year-old people. Uh, you know, but if you if you're not thinking carefully about whether you're mimicking the structure and the problems of the old system, it's going to be the same thing. Uh, this is also like a systemic problem. You're not addressing and not diagnosing yeah. the real problem that exists in within the society itself. Yeah, exactly. So for me, right? You know, I mean, I, I think having Having watched this kind of like you know Malaysian politics for so many years, um, you know, uh, I I think if I if I had to boil it down, if I had to like kind of identify the one part about political parties and things like that that really creates is really at the root of the problem kind of thing. I think I think I, it's basically this a uh, toxic cycle of money politics. Uh. Not many people talk about this in this way, but I I, I tend to describe the problem like this. You know, mm. most. Most parties, all parties like in Malaysia have a very hierarchical structure. Almost all parties have a president, a deputy president, a few vice presidents, and a treasurer. Know. And yeah, you know, so there, there's and, and you know, if you look at these posts, right, they are they are they are hierarchical and they are not functional. That means uh, you know, deputy president, and vice president doesn't have a specific job like a secretary or a treasurer. It's just a mm-hmm. rank, right? Now traditionally. In, in Malaysia, you know, in internal party elections, you contest for these posts so that you know if you if your party is in power. So if you're the deputy president or the, you're the vice president, then you know you you uh, you feel like you have a right your you to demand to be appointed at something like education minister or defence minister, mm. one of these ministers or GLC chairman or whatever that <laughs> that's very lucrative, right? It holds a lot of contracts, it holds a lot, controls a lot of money. You know, okay, so if you win the post, you win power, you you get appointed to these things, and once you're appointed to these kind of positions and roles, basically you're very much expected to um to what is it uh to 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 use that that position to basically feed your supporters lah. That means you appoint your the people who voted you in, you you give them either contracts or positions or appointments things like that, so that they also so that becomes a uh, you know pop barrel politics lah basically, and you do that. So that you make sure that they will continue to support you within the party, so that you can continue to be voted deputy president, vice president, and so on and so forth. So you know it's a it's a ridiculous cycle. And what it is, you know, I mean, <laughs> when I went to university, the guy that um, interviewed me was uh, Dr. Go Ching the late Dr. Go Ching uh, mm-hmm. who was de- at that time a deputy minister. You know, uh, and I remember one of the things he used to tell me is like, you know, I was uh, you know good in administration, but I was bad at party politics. And you know, so this toxic cycle of party politics things, right, means that your health minister, your education minister, is not an expert in health or not an expert in education, but an expert in playing party politics, lah. And you really got to think about the kind of skill set and the kind of character of a person who's really mastered playing the system, you know. I mean, I I I I don't think it's it's you know. So there there are figures like you know nowadays we look like Asmin Ali, that kind of thing. These people are are the best they are. At playing the political game and playing the game of feudal patronage, you know they 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 are unparalleled. You know they 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 know how to take care of the people under them and they know how to game the system 
brilliantly. Uh, this is this is our own Malaysian version of House of Cards. Exactly. Maybe not. You you should be a script writer as well. <laughs> I would love to. I don't have that talent. But but you know, I mean, mm. so so basically, our, our the whole structure of Malaysian politics, right, mm-hmm. incentivizes the rise of this kind of politics. You know, I I I thought a lot about the question of like, why is it people like that rise to the top? And people, you know, the people, the good people that I know, the people I see working in NGOs and CSOs, you know, um, in in civil society, who are doing the real good work, who are real honest patriots, who really like, you know, spend the kind of you know blood, sweat, and tears trying to make Malaysia a better place, trying to improve the lives of Malaysians. Why are they stuck down there while these other you know dirty politicians at the top? You know, so and, and I think and then basically the short answer is it's a, it's a lot about incentive structure. Now. So you know, I, th- I think a lot about the question. I mean, you know, there's a lot about the government and all that that we. It's very difficult to change. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes yeah, you're talking about systemic change. You're talking about uh, constitutional amendments that need two third majority and things like that. Mm-hmm. But what are the things that you know? I, I find myself asking, what are the things that we can do ourselves already here right now without having to wait for, you know, many uh, political elections. A lot about um, you know, vote for if you vote for me, we will do this. Or even yeah. set up a new political party, <laughs> or join a political party. Yeah, you know, so so you know, but and and most political parties when you set them up, basically the concept is again, if you vote for me, then I'll do this. We will do this if you vote for me. So I'm thinking, I don't want to think that way. You know, what what can we do now? Mm. What can we do ourselves? What can we do already? Yep. So again, we can't change government, but let's say if we are talking about new kind of like uh, movements to contest elections and things like that, if we do that, how can we do it differently? You know, of course, this is a, a complex question, and a lot of people, are, I, 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 I find that nowadays are really wrestling with it. Now, trying to figure this formula out, but I think you know, a, a key first step is basically not to mimic the whole political parties. I mean, not I mean, you know, a lot of times you hear the phrase "thinking out of the box." I think we got to go further than that. It's not just think outside the box, but think about, hey, why do we have a box in the first place? Do we need a container? I mean, what shape should the container be? Or do we need a container at all? Do we need a, a vehicle or a tool instead, right? Or anyone should be, you know, when it comes to the, the service for the people itself, should you be constrained within that with that that toxic politics itself? Yeah, yeah. You know, so so basically, we try and deconstruct. What do you actually need? You know, so I mean, you know, first question of course is whether you contest elections or don't contest elections mm. for me personally today i think i think you know people should be looking at at at, at uh, i'm leaning towards we should contest elections because if you don't contest elections basically you're forever stuck in the old ngo problem of like you're just trying to tell other that means other people contest and you try and influence them you try and tell them what to do I mean, I've been in you know in and around the NGO world in Malaysia for like 15, 20 years, and you know I can tell you, nobody listens, lah. <laughs> Politicians don't listen to you. They don't care what you say, and you know they, they more or less, lah. You know. Yeah, I basically, say, when they need you for yeah. photo op, and that's it. Yeah, nine mm-hmm. times out of ten, they they ignore you, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I think if you continue to to insist that you don't bertanding, you don't contest. Then you're stuck in that situation forever. And you remain la. forever like that, and yeah. you can't even change the policy. Yeah, you're on the outside, right? So, mm-hmm. but if now, if you say when, when I say you should contest, most people tend to immediately think, ah, we must set up a political party, and in in the and the the basic assumption is that it will look like structurally it will look like other political parties, la, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe some cosmetic differences and things mm-hmm. like that. But la, I think that if you want to do this, you should do it and make substantive changes to how. Uh, you know, I don't even like to call it parties, political parties. The word party, you know, comes, you know, party, partisan, it comes from the word a part, right? It's, it's, it's naturally divisive. Mm. You know, so in my article, sometimes I talk about, you know, democratic movement, right? So what would you suggest on that? I mean, uh, I, I've got some, I've been working on some crazy, uh, some ideas with my friends and they think it's a little bit crazy, right? 
but I don't know, maybe I describe one just one one possible idea briefly. Yeah, this is kind of a debut. The first time I'm talking about it publicly. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> just I don't know. <laughs> so I get a scoop, right? <laughs> At this point in time, why not? Like, I think yeah. You know? But what, what? 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 Let's just. I mean, I give some some elements of the idea, not Correct. the full thing, like maybe. But imagine just just a radical idea here, right? Let, let's talk about um uh, 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 what is some uh, what is technically a political party. I mean, I believe it still needs to exist because um because of the shared logo. I don't believe in a, in a like group of independents as in you contest under the mm. the elephant, you contest under the key symbol, you know. And, and I think that doesn't work. Like, you know, people don't feel like that's part of a national movement. But it kind sounds of thing. like um, you know, not necessarily being known you know, by name. It is a political party, but it's just providing a platform as a vehicle. Yeah, I mean, you, like I said, you need something that's recognized by IRS, something mm-hmm. that's recognized by the EC, mainly for the shared logo. You know, and so if you have a sh- if you have a organization with a shared logo, and you, for them to sign the surat watika lah, uh, the commission that allows you to contest under that logo. So mm. you, that's the that is the bare minimum that you need, right? Now, what else you know from from the old political parties do you need besides that? If you ask me, I think the short answer is little to nothing lah. You know, you you, t- you talk about you know, um, I mean it works better in Malay lah. You talk about party politic, you talk about ahli politic. So what do they do? If you are party politic, you are ahli politic. Surely you berpolitik lah, <laughs> and is that? I mean, I I I chal- I mean, no, I I think I I challenge anyone in, in the country to find a single person in Malaysia who feels like you know what we need, we need more politicking. <laughs> I think in you know thirty two million Malaysians, there's not one of them who will come up and say, yeah lah, what Malaysia needs is more politicking. I think everyone will say we need less politicking. You know, so let's see again. We if, if, if imagine a, a a party right with a shared logo. That is run. That's not mass based, right? I say has a minimal number of members possible with uh with uh, you know internal elections almost meaningless or, or not not important and de-emphasized, uh, but it consisting of a small committee of people whose only job is to finalize a list of candidates. Mm-hmm. That's number one, and that this committee of people that finalize the list of candidates cannot themselves run. Right, so their job is to just identify candidates outside of the party, outside of the organization, uh, to run, and then maybe they look for they look for, for a, a candidates who 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 are active in uh, civil society, who are already doing good work, who have good track records of um, integrity and things like that. And this also helps to dispel the sort of notion where uh, it's so and so son from certain family yeah. or certain tycoon. Exactly. You know, it, it breaks the sort of elitist, aristocratic, or even. Uh, n- I will use the word nobility sometimes trying yeah. to influence within the political systems. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so there. I mean, this is one element of a you know, one out of three elements of an idea mm. that I've been I've been working on. I, I don't. It's very hard to go into all the details now. Yep, but yep. but basically, you know, it's, it's it's the way how do we incentivize? Uh, you know, how how do we how do we select groups of people who 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 aren't in politics or who aren't able to use this political game for self-enrichment, self-aggrandizement. I think those are the key important questions, you know. Um, I mean, I, and I also feel that sometimes when, you know, even with like young people, I mean, so so for example, again, uh, being young is good. I think I, I definitely think we need more young blood, fresh blood. Mm-hmm. But being young alone is not, uh, doesn't grant you immunity from corruption, uh, you know. Some people, some of our youngest politicians who, who went to the government, you know, they came under immense pressure from the party and things like that. 
to basically continue living this kind of like feudal patronage kind of thing. Nah. Yeah, you know, I so mean, we also seen that young politicians now saying that if you vote for me, I can issue some letters yeah. for you, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, happens. Yeah. Yeah. Even even have the audacity to write the letter to request appoint me as as a director. I mean, yeah. as a young person. So that question sometimes, you know, what happened to the fresh new ideas? Are the young being corrupted now? Yeah, yeah. So so exactly. So so as we look to the young, right? I mean, I think they are. You know, I, I hope that you know, these young people also think a little bit about about what is it they are in there for, lah. You know, mm. some sometimes some people are excited just to like, oh, let's set up a party. Then I can be a president of a party. We can get our voice out there. We can become famous. We can become, you know, we're gonna. I mean, it's you know, youthful <laughs> exuberance and things like that. And, and and of course, all of us want to be famous. All of us also want to be rich, right? But if that is really kind of like you know, unless you're really really consciously making sure that you're not in there for these kind of reasons mm-hmm. not there just to like shock sendiri and make your seat feel like your voice is very loud and things like that you know you can fall into these kind of traps lah. you know I, I think I think you know it's very difficult you know because again our fame and fortune are big motivators lah, and <laughs> a lot of things move because of that but I think if you you know if you I think there are people out there who you know young people middle-aged people old people who Who do have the right motivations? They are the minority, you know. They 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 don't they never get as much airtime, you know. They don't self promote, so you know they're humble. They work in the background, but I've seen them lah, you know, and I've seen them do work for the, all the right reasons, you know. I've seen them have really the right kind of dreams for Malaysia, you know, and and the willingness to do to sacrifice and do the right things. You know, um, I spend a lot of time with uh, people from Abim and things like that. You know, uh, we we set up a, a group called Project Wawasan Rakyat Power. You know, and uh, you know, and a lot of it, the, the whole idea is just to bring together people who are who are like this, uh, who are who are seem to be in this line of work for the right reasons. I think it's really really important. You know, every time you see people who want to set something up or want to you know propel themselves forward into these things, we have to ask ourselves like, why? Uh, what what is the real motivation here? You know, um, is is it hubris? Is it ego? You know, or is it genuine, sincere kind of thing? I think these are important things to look out for. And 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 one of the ways you assess that is to look at how they think about questions. What 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 are they focused on? Are they focused on you know these things like incentive structure, or they focus on things like how do we get our name out there? How do we you know uh, that kind of thing? And how well do they understand the system? That kind of stuff. So how do you get this idea trying to um you know this is this is brilliant. Uh, I personally think that this is a brilliant idea. But uh, another question also. That came to my mind is like, how do we get this sort of idea to bring it to our friends, um, in in many other parts of Malaysia who are still pretty much trapped in that sort of mindset that they think that no, uh, we will not survive if we step out from the old system, the toxic money politics. Yeah, I mean it's definitely a challenge, lah. I mean to, to to expand a little bit on that question a little bit is. is I think one of the hardest things to break is is the culture of how people treat our adun's and MPs. You know, I think for them a lot of the time it's still like if you vote for, I mean, if I vote for you as an adun MP, I expect you to basically hand out money lah. Give me money or give me ang pao, right? All the time. Yeah, all sorts of ang pao, wedding ang mm. pao. You know, if I'm sick, help me. You know, and, and yeah. that part of thing is very difficult to change. I think uh. even when we go to the streets, uh, even here in uh, Taman Tun. Or even just yeah. just nearby in in Petaling Jaya, we ask them a question: Do you know what does an adun do? Yeah. I think they will tell you is that oh they are here they are they are supposed to fix our roads and and clear the longkang, but uh, that's actually yeah. the job of a councillor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so so it it, it it's 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 very challenging, hmm. but you know I I try to focus on what we can do lah. You know, hmm. so I think I think what what is within the realm of possibility is to show 
is to redefine the idea of democratic engagement. You know, to 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 make to make the idea. And no, you mentioned it earlier, talking about you know more elections are not the answer. This yeah. is uh, some of my work in the past. I came across this guy called uh, a Belgian author called David Van Raybroek. He wrote a book. Mm-hmm. I think the title was um, "Against Elections: The Case for Democracy." Basically, arguing that elections as we know them today, people conflate elections. More elections equals more democracy. But if you think about it, right? If you think about what the essence of democracy is supposed to be. You know, elections as we know it tends to be the exact opposite. Nah, it's about polarization. It's about fight, adversarial, oppositional politics, right? And positioning sometimes. Yeah, I think most of the time is positioning. Yeah. So, so, so you know, like um, democracy should shouldn't shouldn't be just about comp- that kind of competition. It should be about trying to find ways to work together, trying to build consensus, trying to collaborate. Uh, you know, deliberate among ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think that's the essence of democracy. So you know, we we you know, I can't solve the problem of like people expecting your Adun MP to be just a walking ang pal giver like that's mm. <laughs> that's that's difficult. But I think we can show different ways of what democracy is supposed to be lah. So like I said, you know, it's a lot. Of, I mean, and I think the best people to look towards are, are people who are working in the CSO NGO kind of space. You know, people who are doing good work on the ground. And I think I think you know, like what we try and do in power and things like that is is to 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 build more bridges and build more connections because you know ours is a very polarized society and you know sometimes you know like Islamist group do this kind of work, the Chinese group do that kind of work. You know, um, and and it's very polarized, right? And also like Sabah and Sarawak always ignored. People always forget them, and it's just like a different world. You know. Mm. So 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 you know try to find a way where we we talk more to each other right and 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 do more joint projects together lah like I mean, a few months ago like uh, Abim and Dong Jong did a uh, camp muhiba interfaith kind of thing right? yeah you know mm. i mean it's, it's, it's just you know it's just coming together to build bridges and i think when you do projects like that right you're 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 showing what a better Malaysia can look like what a Malaysia 2.0 can look like rather than the old race politics of like always division, division, fighting, fighting, fighting. You know, I think the best way is to show like you talk, you can talk until morning, until night, you can do how many podcasts or, you know, webinar kind of thing, blah, 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 blah. But, but there's no groundwork. Yeah, mm. but you sh- you do it, you show people you know, like, 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 I mean, uh, you know, we did a forum on Jawi where we had a pretty diverse group. You know, we had uh, Abim Ikram, we had the Ministry of Education, but we also had Dong Jong, Chinese Assembly Hall, mm. you know, Tamil Foundation. And this idea of like bringing different people together and to sit at a table and talk like adults, lah. Yeah. You show how it's done, you know, and, right. and you show a commitment towards grassroots work and welfare, lah. It's very hard to fight against the money politics of Ang Pao, Ang Pao politics, like you could yeah, call it that yeah. way, right? But, uh, but. We try lah. I think we, you know, we we we, we try. I I I think I think just just building that kind. Of, we won't be able to get to the whole country all at once. It's not going to be that kind of thing. But we start in a few places. I call it like expanding circles of influence lah. Slowly, slowly you build. You hopefully you do okay. Pilot project here and there, and you keep growing the model lah throughout the country. And, and and this kind of thing is replicable. You know, things can be replicated. Exactly. Things can be imitated. Yeah. And 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 I do agree that certain things doesn't need. We don't really need politicians to actually spearhead. Politicians, they have the job to do. I think at the end of the day, when we feel things that it has to be done, it has to start with ourselves. Same yes. goes with if we think the system is wrong, let's start with fixing the problem. Let's start with working on the ground and educating our friends and family. So I remember in a piece you wrote too as well, you know, you also wrote about throwing all the ways of doing politics and uh, you know, you listed some of the new ideas in the proposition. Early on, you talk about the new ideas mm. of uh, setting up a new platform and working with um, different NGOs, coming up together and things like that. 
Uh, one of the things you, few things that you wrote uh, says the democratic movement should be founded on clearly articulated shared principles and values. And another one you also mentioned about functional posts, uh, where internal competition is minimized, uh, which is very interesting. I was going to ask you about that. And uh, democratic movement should be recognized should recognize that everyone in Malaysia has a part to play. Hmm. Um, I will come to think to to ask you a question where the internal competition. You know, we know that you know a lot of young people has come up to say that I don't like politics, but I see there's a problem. Hmm. I don't want to join political party. I see there's a problem. So what is that problem? Yeah. So. I think I think one way to answer this question, right, is again to look at uh, how our political parties function and mm. what they're all about. So we made a joke about just now, right, that you know <laughs> your party politics, your highly politics, so you be politic lah. Yep. But but it's actually true. I mean, I always like to compare, you know, again lah, say uh, groups like Abi Mikram or you know even like uh, Chinese Assembly Hall, these kind of things. Like these, I find like these groups are people who add value to society, mm. you know. And 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 my best part of hanging out with these kind of people is that. If you if you're not really interested in helping people, you won't bother joining this kind of group, lah. There's no money, there's no fame, there's no, <laughs> it's it's blood, sweat, and tears, lah. Mm-hmm. And the only reason you join these groups is because you're sincere, lah. And you want to serve the society. And you want to serve society, yeah. right? You know. So that's why. I, and but you compare it to politicians and political parties. I mean, honestly, like, what do they do? You know, we talk about reducing competition because in political parties everything is about competition again because you this is this old model of like equating equating democracy to elections. I must have a president. I must have a deputy. I must have a vice president. All these kind of things. But what function does it serve? You know, uh, if if you ask like, what's the ideological difference between Anwar Ibrahim and Azmin Ali? You know, this big fight that they had for so many years. What's their different? Do they have different vision of policy for the country? Very different, you know. Or even like between Mahathir and Anwar, or between Muhyiddin or Shafi or whatever. Nobody is talking about. It is never about ideas. It's never about policies. Never about different visions for the country. It's just about you want Team A or Team B. You want this boss or you want that boss, and you know this set of cronies or that set of cronies, right? You know. So this kind of competition is totally useless. It doesn't add. Any value to society, you know, and it, this also devalues the democratic system itself. Yeah, I mean, it it doesn't. There's nothing democratic about it. Like it's just your boss or my boss, uh, You know, your gang or my gang. I mean, it's, you're like gangsters in the streets, right? I mean, it's like <laughs> your team or my team. You know, <laughs> your kongsigalap or my kongsigalap. So I think I think if you if you set up a movement, right, that is going to be tending, it contests the elections, but. You know, doesn't have internal elections. It'd be something drastic, or you know, when internal elections are maybe you need them for hours or whatever, lah, right? But you de-emphasize this whole kind of thing. You know, and you you when it comes to like direction and and policies and decision making, you really build on a model of consensus building, lah. You know, um, you know, in, in Islamic tradition, they talk about majlis shura, right? Consultative council, where yeah. you know the whole idea is that you sit down together and you you talk, lah. Do this you find also. This also sums to what I I also think about what we call as participatory democracy. Yeah, I mean during the I mean when 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 I turned twenty one, uh, I think it was ten years ago, and, and yeah, oh gosh, mm. <laughs> then I quickly registered myself to vote. Mm. You know, at that time I kept thinking about mm, is democracy really about just voting on election day? Exactly. You know, in, in Malaysia, that's exactly what it is. I mean, your your quote unquote democratic agency is 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 reduced to once in five years. You got three boxes, <laughs> two three boxes, and you pick one lah, and that's it lah. After your ex done, you know nobody give a crap about you. 
I mean, really, that's that's it. You can talk about making noise, thing, thing, and of course, like we try to influence as much as we can. But honestly, they they've basically reduced your democratic agency to that kind of thing, and I don't think that's the way it should be, lah. Right? And and again, the way to do to do, I mean, it's rather than we just sit here and talk 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 this kind of thing, you yeah. know. Uh, if if we truly believe that that democratic engagement should mean more, then let's go out and do it, lah. And I think the most important part, of course, is the service element. Of course, there's the policy element, there's ideas kind of thing, and you know, it's all good. But I think I think the biggest gap is this idea of like coming together to to serve the community, right? To try and make things better, to improve lives. I think I think and, and I think when when Malaysians start coming together to do it by themselves without having to wait to, for politicians, politicians who again literally add no value. To the process, at no value, <laughs> practically no value to the country, right? Once you realize that we don't have to wait for them, we don't have to wait. Let's just let's just get together and do stuff. Let's do stuff on the ground. Mm. Let's make things happen, right? And if we, if, we, if we can build a system parallel at the same time, where we do con, and it's like you contest in a totally different way. Let's say we have a group of people whose whose idea of contesting is like we never have to comment about AMNO, DAP, PKR. You know, again, what what do these people, politicians, they spend their morning, noon, and night talking about either how to how to maki hamun your opponents outside the party or to maki hamun your opponents inside the party. I mean, that's that's their job all day and night and find project lah. You know, try and get project. Or oh, how yeah. to change the state government? Yeah, exactly. How to like <laughs> frog this, frog here, frog there, collapse this government, change that government. For what this adds zero value, you know, and 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 you know you have to like build something that really is resilient and and that, that is structurally, um, you know, uh, resistant to this kind of you know that puts this kind of thing aside completely. You know, it sounds very strange, and I think a lot of Malaysians can't wrap their head around it. But I truly believe you can contest elections without having to every day, morning, noon, and night. You know, try and find some way to mm. maki hamun your opponent. Try, you know, you, you don't need to talk about those guys at all. You just talk about what you want to do for the country and what you've already done for the country, what you're doing for the country and what you're going to do for the country. Yeah, if I if I were to if, for those you are listening, if I were to record this on a video, you can see how exasperated <laughs> Matt is. You know, he's like, you know, now his face is red, you know. <laughs> no, not literally because both of <laughs> us are wearing red right now. <laughs> no, because yes, we are very, very tired of what's going on. Because I think Nat is just being very, very nice, telling all Malaysians stop complaining, get your butt up from your mm-hmm. nice seat, and start go to the ground and do your work. You see whatever is worth, do your part. I mean, this is what this is what I think I feel from yeah. from what Nat is saying. So you know, we're still living a new fidelistic minded society. I think as as what you mentioned, but with this sort of society, we're trapped, easily manipulated, and skilled to serve the benefits of those in power. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. But how are we as Malaysians move away from all these shackles to reaffirm the values of our nation building? Now I remember a couple of years ago, I, I you know, I just you know, I stammered. Why? Because when uh, when I got a question from my friend from the United States at that time, so he said, What are the principles and values do we hold as Malaysians? You know, what kind of value yeah. do we have currently? Yeah. I mean, I I, th- I think these are these are good questions, you know. I mean, before I started getting close to Abim, you know, I just kind of crashed their one of their EGMs that year, you know, and they were talking about the theme of that you know that year was a uh, Bangsa Malaysia, you know, and I thought it was like wow, these Malays going talking about Bangsa Malaysia, that's like political suicide, man, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But but it, so I I respect their their bravery and their courage to do that kind of thing, like, even though it's unpopular in many ways, right? But um, you know, for me, like uh. Because there's a lot that's not defined yeah. with regards to the question of like who we are as a nation. You know, we're only thought to be divided racially, lah. 
right? And oh, we are taught to like always ignore Sabah, Sarawak. You know, that's our. You know, <laughs> and then generally on TV, you see the map of Sabah and Sarawak is smaller than yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and also so there, there is no. We've never. It's never been in the interest of politicians to really define our sense of nationhood our shared sense of nationhood you know and i think again this is a window of opportunity you're talking about something fresh something new something young i think this is a kind of thing that we can and should um focus on uh, you know think about think about um what it is that, that makes us malaysians you know and and you know, i think I, i honestly think that you know malaysians are we are a great people uh. We're not quite uh, resilient. Yeah, you know? you know, I mean, I mean, of course, you know, any society has got its like good people, bad people, you know, but, and we've got our share of both, obviously. But I honestly, you know, and then a lot of people are cynical, uh, cynical about Malaysians, you know, but I really think that's the, the wrong approach to think. I think I've seen a lot of goodness, a lot of like courage, a lot of, you know, commitment, strength, and, you know, um, quality, uh, you know, they're smart. I, I you know, I, I, when I went to school, you know, I was surrounded by really smart people and I don't think that Malaysians are kurang lah in any way mm-hmm. you know and, but I, so so there, there's a lot that we can be they're just waiting for you know the right kind of leaders they're waiting for you know the right kind of opportunities the right kind of platforms uh, and I think that's where that's where that's what we're trying to do lah. that's the problem we're trying to solve we're trying to give them the right kind of banner to unite under you know and, and as far like you know shared values I think that that is very important you know you know it's very western now we always talk about institutions structures and things like that we don't really if you start talking about morals about character you know akhlaq people english speaking people especially they might laugh at you like they like you don't kind of talk all these fluffy fluffy things but honestly at the end of the day right you know we talk about uh, some people talking about anti-hopping laws some people talking about you know recall parliament you can like you know to so that you can punish people who change party and things like that but honestly you can do all those things you can be like pick you like make them sign some i'll pay you 10 million if i change party there's no way you can enforce that stuff like at the end of the day people just don't give a crap at the end of the day It really the only I think the the only meaningful line of dissent is your personal integrity. I don't know. You can say I'm naive. You can say I'm like fluffy minded or whatever. But I think that's the only last line of defense, lah. So if you want to choose candidate, that should be. It. I mean, so right now, how you know? I, I talked about a different way of choosing candidates, right? Because right now, how does it work? The president of the party signed the watika for everybody. The watika, right? So basically, the president will always only choose people. That he feels are valuable and loyal to him, lah. You know, so what kind of system? So you basically get a whole bunch of people, a whole decision, you know, top decision makers of the country chosen on the base on the basis of their feudal personal loyalty to you as a boss. What kind of people do you expect if <laughs> you that's your kind of pool? You know, you get exactly the kind of people that are very easily to be very easily bought and things like that. You know, mm. so I think you know values and and morals. You know, even you know whether it's a religious point, um, approach or a non-religious approach, I think I think that it means a lot, lah. I mean, if you ask me, like, what should our shared values be as a country? I always talk about compassion and integrity, lah. I think these are the two things that you know really. You know, if you really focus on these things, if you really try and internalize and 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 build on these things, I I, I think you can really go, go much further as a society. Now, as we're about to come to the end of of today's, you know, our recording of our podcast, you know, we'll be celebrating our National Day coming up, um, on on thirty first August, and coming up Malaysia Day, um, that's fifty seven years as Malaysia. 63 years of independence. I know the number 63 would be very sensitive towards East <laughs> Malaysia, but without Merdeka, we won't have Malaysia as well. Hmm. So we're reflecting on that, you know, how far have we come? And what would you say to, to a lot of people, a lot of Malaysians out there who are actually thinking about, should I return to Malaysia? Mm-hmm. Or there are a lot of parents out there thinking, 
Hmm. Is it yeah. time for me to go out and look for greener pastures? What would you say to them? I mean, you know, um, I I don't I don't begrudge anybody their personal decisions, lah. You know, of course, um, you know, I I I really I'm really happy when people come home. I'm really happy when people want to stay in Malaysia and try and try and build this up. I don't I don't I don't maki hamun or criticize people who decide to leave lah that kind of thing. But uh, like I said lah, I mean as much the people who are thinking about leaving or staying, you know, um, I mean it's not just only overseas, right? Uh, you know, you're from Sarawak yourself, right? And well, I think to be honest, a lot of Sabah Sarawakians also, I think they think about the questions like, you know, is it any good being in Malaysia actually? You know, should we secede from from the federation? You know, this kind of questions, right? Um, I mean, like I said, I I I know why people feel that way, and I I I understand, right? But that said, my personal view, my personal view is that we definitely still have the potential. There's definitely something here, and I'm basing not basing this on because of how our government is doing, how our politics is doing things like that. No, this is based on what I've seen of Malaysians, lah. You know, of people on the ground doing their best. Trying to make Malaysia a better place, and I've seen enough of them that I feel like, you know, I I feel a, a duty and obligation lah. If you all are working so hard, takkan ISO cannot do my part to to help lah. You know, this this kind of thing. So, I think, but you, it's just that we don't see enough of it. You know, we only see in the news politicians bickering, blah 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 blah. Nobody tells the stories of the people who are really just trying their best. You know, despite the sacrifices, the challenges, the time away from their family and things like that, to just you know solve the problems that need really need solving, lah. You know, and I, they, they, if you haven't met them yet, I'd be happy to introduce them to you. You know, they they are good people out there, and they I mean they give me hope, and um, these are the people, and this is what I'm putting my faith in, lah, with regards to the future of Malaysia. Yeah, that's that. That really sums up of what we have discussed today. And then, to a lot of Malaysians out there, sometimes you might feel that, you know, over over the course of many many years, you feel that there is no hope. But in actual fact, and in actual fact, the the hope lies in within every Malaysian itself. That's why I came back. That's why I I chose to return to Malaysia from Singapore. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of money in Singapore. Yeah, but at the end of the day, if a lot more Malaysians, young Malaysians, decide to leave the country. What future does it hold for a country? Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, you you you're, you're a great example, like, You know, yeah, you've had an interesting career, interesting life. You know, <laughs> nursing in Singapore. I remember you told me the stories is very good. Yeah, I mean, it's like I mean, you know, we also have a common friend, right? You know, you used to work with Adli Adli Zakwan from Abim, you know, and not just recently, like, right? You know, it's, it's, I remember like it was his like daughter's birthday, you know, yeah. young small girl, and he'd been out at work the whole day, and then at night he was meeting with us and things like that. And mm. it's not that he doesn't want to be home. With his daughter, you know, on her birthday, you know, but it's just so much work and so many like that he had to meet someone that guy is leaving overseas the next day, so there's his only chance. So you know, it's really it's sacrifice, uh, and when you take time away from your family like that, you know, it it hurts on a personal level, and you know, you you're giving up so much, but he's pressing on because you know he believes that that there's something worth fighting for, lah, uh, and there are not enough people fighting so. He has to do it, lah. You know, <laughs> and and it's. I feel really bad, you know, that that, that this kind of thing. But yeah. I think if more of us try and pick up the slack, then more people can go home to their families on their daughters' birthdays and you know spend that kind of time. And but yeah, so I I I, I mean, but and he's not the only one, lah. There are many like him, and I think we owe it to them to do our part also, lah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, hearing all these stories, and and there are so many brave Malaysians out there. I mean, 
been helping the society, helping the community. I think it is. Is this this is the right time for many of us to really think about, you know, reflecting on this. It's time to take out the swords and shields. You know, yeah. of course, you're not going to war, but yeah. do your part. You yeah, know, as Malaysians, you just have to do your part. Stop complaining. You know, we're turning into a bunch yeah. of uh, privileged people. But again, do our part, and and we can make a better place for the yeah. country. I mean, to be fair, so yeah. I mean, I think a lot of Malaysians maybe do want to contribute. You know, do want to play a part, but they don't know how. Yeah. And this is the part that you know, these last few days, weeks, months that I've really been trying to work on. You know, I, th- I think you know we need. A, a good banner to unite under something that we can believe in something with the right formula the right ideas i mean you know and and, and but on the only flip side is i hope that people don't be too obsessed about famous people or things that you know need a lot of money kind of campaigns and on, people only follow things like that they follow celebrities or they follow big flashy things i mean you know hopefully this is time where you can be open to things that are maybe smaller humble not so flashy right but but and I know that again, uh, we haven't put our plans into motion yet. We are still deliberating a lot of things. But hopefully, if and when we we put something together, it will, it will give. I mean, like I said, I, I I feel that a lot of people are eager to contribute. I've met people who who want to do something. They just don't know how. They don't want to join a political party, and I don't want to join any of these kind <laughs> of parties either. Who would want mm-hmm. to, right? But they want to do something, right? And I think that we need that this is, should be our priority, like to build something that would really um, enable Malaysians to contribute uh, to do their part that I know they want to do. Just to get them the right kind of vehicle, the right kind of platform. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we just hope for the best at the end of the day. So thank you so much Nat, mm-hmm. for joining me in the show. And if you'd like to follow Nathaniel on Twitter, you can tweet to him at Nat Asasi, N-A-T-A-S-A-S-I. So you're listening to Bichara Minguini uncovering current affairs and politics and you can listen to the stories and interviews on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts on iTunes. For more updates and stories, if you have any suggestions, you can tweet to me at I'm Nomgo. Thank you for listening. So do support me by subscribing to the show. And if you'd like to contribute to support the podcast, do send me a message. Thank you.